G'day, it's Sunday, I'm Scott Gibbons and this is On The Road. So if you're ready to be on the road, I'm ready to be on the road, let's get on the road together and we're going to learn all about caravans and motorhomes and maybe some camper trailers and tents and places to go and see. We're going to explore Australia together. This is going to be fun. If you're ready, fasten the seatbelt, we're on the road. Uh, g'day. Now, sand driving is one of the things, but sand driving, if you have a camper trailer, is a little bit different again. So one of the things you've got to do is to lower your tyre pressure. So you're going to lower your tyre pressures, obviously, on your four-wheel drive. And you might take them from your hard surface pressure down to, say, around 18, so 18 PSI. Now, similarly, what you've got to do, if you're towing a trailer a camper trailer, say, then you want to lower the pressure on that too because what you've got to do is have your tyres balloon a bit more. So you'll work out what sort of pressure that you need to do, but you need to put more tread onto the sand so that you're not trying to tow and then sink your trailer at the same time because the pressures haven't been lowered on that. So there was an article back in uh, Four Wheel Drive Adventures and that's something to be aware of. So they say that most of you will have an idea of what pressure to lower your, your tow vehicle to, and that, as I said, should be probably around the 18s. But if you don't lower your camper trailer tyres, then it's like towing an anchor. So lower your pressure, and there's various things that you can do. Now, make that pressure lower, and what that's going to do is balloon your tyre that little bit more, and that will help you. So make sure, though, make sure that you've got a decent 12-volt air compressor and a tyre pressure gauge, and make sure that the hose for your compressor will also reach to your camper trailer. Or indeed, if it's a, an off-road caravan or whatever, like you need to have the compressor so that it will reach the rear tyres as well, not just of your tow vehicle, but of the one that you are towing. That's really important because I've seen a lot of people who have a compressor, but the the leads that go on to your battery then don't allow that compressor to reach the back <laughs> to the trailer and they're stuck. So again, that's what you've got to do. So if you've got a camper trailer that's being custom built, then you make sure that you have the wheel track uh, exactly the same as your vehicle tracks, your tow vehicle tracks, so that you're not trying to plough through another set of tracks. That's a, a really good hint for you there. So it depends on the beach conditions because no two beaches are the same. So if you start to get bogged down in the sand, and if you've got room, and if the beach conditions allow, then you steer towards the downhill, towards the waterfront, to firmer more compact sand and you just keep accelerating without spinning your wheels just to keep the momentum going so that you ensure you don't come to a total stop in the super soft sand so but make sure again that as you get close to the water you don't get too close and ensure that you know the tides because <laughs> beach driving is good but you've got to restrict uh, to low tide or maybe a little bit either side but yeah, just be very, very careful there. So knowing your vehicle is important, knowing your power band, your gearing, your rev limits, and your ability to quickly react to make small changes can make a huge difference to your overall momentum. So momentum is your friend. But don't, this is important, don't go like a bull at the gate and don't hit enormous speeds because if you do, you might hit something you don't want to hit. There could be just a rut or a ridge or a depression and you're going to hit that so hard that maybe you can break something. If you break something in sand, 
by golly. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do. That's not something you want, so be careful. Now, long stints of soft sand driving puts major strain on your engine and your drive line and your cooling system, so you've got to keep a very close eye on your vehicle's temperature gauge. So depending upon your vehicle's engine and your gearbox, and some vehicles will have a light for overheating your transmission, so keep an eye on that as well. And don't try and let your engine revs drop too much because low revs in high gears will exacerbate loads and that's transferred into your gearbox and your transfer cases. So just accept the fact that you're going to use more fuel because that's going to happen. You're going to use more fuel. Don't be scared to keep your revs up into a handy range. And if a little soft patch sneaks up on you, it means you should be able to continue through. So if you do get bogged, then get off your pedal straight away so that you don't dig yourself in. Because if you dig yourself in, that's going to make your recovery even harder. So just assess the situation. Get out your long-handled shovel you packed. And I hope you packed your long-handled shovel because if you're going anywhere near sand, you're going to need it. I know because I went up Big Red and somebody just happened to move in front as I'm really heading up the top. And I had to back off. And in backing off, that meant that I needed to get out that long shovel. So do it. And then you start digging and you apply whatever sand recovery skills you've got. So maybe you've got some tracks. Maybe you've got your bog out. I don't know what you've got, but make sure that you've got some other people around to help you as well because that could make a major difference. A sand anchor is a good thing. If you haven't got a sand anchor, consider that because Santa Claus is coming to town. If you're going to get a sand anchor, then you go to Anchor Right, A-N-C-H-O-R-R-I-G-H-T, Anchor Right, I think it's .com.au, fabulous people. I met them some years ago. I love their product. I bought their product. I think it's just terrific. I've never had to use it, but by golly, it's there if I do. And I did a video for them showing how to get a bogged vehicle out when the tide is coming in. It got it out super easy. We had to wait for the tide to come in. We buried the vehicle down to its axles and the, we couldn't get the vehicle out. We had it going and we, we had a really good driver who was doing his best to get it out and all he was doing was digging it further and further in. There are other vehicles that were getting bogged and they needed a big tractor pull to get them out. Uh, but all we did was get out the anchor right ground anchor, G-R-O-U-N-D, ground anchor, anchor right ground anchor or sand anchor. And it just pulled it out instantly. Brilliant bit of gear, brilliant bit of gear. So then make sure, very importantly, when you go back on the blacktop, that you reset your tyre pressure. So reset the tyre pressures on the car, reset the tyre pressures on the trailer, on your trailer, and that's going to be really, really good. Now, there's a song I want you to hear. It's Home Amongst the Gum Trees. If you like Aussie Living, and we all love Aussie Living, then have a, have a listen to this, Home Amongst the Gum Trees. You enjoy that. We'll be back with you in just a little while. I've been around the world a couple of times and maybe more Seen the sights, I've had delights on every foreign shore But when my mates all ask me the place that I adore I tell them right away What do we tell them? Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep, a two, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front And an old rocking chair You can see me in the kitchen Cooking up a roast Or Vegemite on toast 
Just you and me, a cup of tea Later on we'll settle down and go out on the porch And watch the possums play Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep, a tuic, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front And an old rocking chair There's a Safeways up the corner And a Woolies down the street And a brand new place they've opened up But they regulate the heat But I trade them all tomorrow For a little bush retreat With a Corcobarra's call Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep, a tuic, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front And an old rocking chair Up we go Some people like their houses With fences all around Others live in mansions And some beneath the ground But me, I like the bush, you know With rabbits running round And a pumpkin vine out the back This is your turn Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep, a tuic, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front And an old rocking chair <laughs> Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees a sheep, a tuic, a kangaroo, a clothesline out the back, veranda out the front, and an old rocket chair. Ah, oh, yeah, a home amongst the gum trees. Just terrific. And the Aussie spirit's going to continue all the way through the program, all the way through. In fact, we've got a little bit of Christmas music for you as well because we're coming up to Santa Claus time, which is just terrific. You've got to love Christmas. You've got to love it. The kids love it. I'm a big kid, so I love it too. So off-road trip prep. If you've got the best off-road caravan in the world, if you don't service it properly, then something's going to go wrong very, very likely. So Go RV, they've come up with some hints on doing a pre-trip prep for you. So there's about four tips that they're really making happen. And one of those we've already mentioned is, when we were talking about camper trailers, is reduce your tyre pressures if you're going off-road. So as they say, they can't stress that enough just how important this is. And many people will end up realising this the hard way. So if you run your car and your van along dirt roads and you're using on-road tyre pressures, then you'll maybe destroy your tyres and maybe destroy the interior of your van because reduced tyre pressures provides an additional cushioning effect on rough roads so that the constant vibrations of corrugations aren't fully transmitted to the interior of your van. So lower tyre pressures also mean the tyres are less prone to punctures caused by sharp rocks or other debris. And that's where the extra sidewall strength of a good all-terrain tyre really pays dividends. So that's something for you to consider. If you're swapping tyres, then get a better, good quality off-road or, say, a, say a, an all-terrain tyre, which is better for you. So... Their caravan that they were using weighs three and a half tonnes fully loaded. They run their pressures at 20 psi off-road 
and they've not experienced a puncture yet. Now, that can be luck, it can be good, it's just a terrific thing to happen, but just allow that if they'd run them at 35 or 40 or 45, chances are they would have got a puncture. So correct pressures for your rig will depend on the number of variables. However, you've just got to experiment what's best for you, what how the van feels. So additional protection for your plumbing and your wiring is the number two point that they talk about. So before you attempt any off-road travel, go underneath your caravan, have a good look at the exposed plumbing and the wiring underneath. And they cover all of their drain pipes with an aggie pipe and then all of their hoses and wiring in electrical conduit or vinyl wrap. So as a result, they haven't had any damage either. So they're lucky, lucky people. Now, number three is dust ingress. So what they're saying is it doesn't matter how sealed a caravan manufacturer says their vans are, there will always be open vents that will allow dust to get inside. That's a true. That's a true. So undoubtedly, a lot of caravanners cover their fridge vents and their gas vent, commonly found in the door well. Now, a gas with no appliances won't have this vent, with no gas appliances, a van with no gas won't have that. However, if you do it, it's illegal. It's not legal. So don't cover your vents. Best to get a little bit of dust in because if you forget to uncover the vent, some big catastrophe could happen. So dust will typically enter a van where the pressure inside is lower than the pressure outside. So a number of aftermarket items, including you can get a bilge blower, like on a boat, a bilge blower designed to pressurise the van to keep the dust out, they're available. It may be worth researching other options. There's scupper hatches, which allow air to, or allows air to enter the van from the roof to pressure it while it's under tow. That's a common fitment to off-road vans. Not everybody believes in them. Some say they're good, some say they're useless. That's up to you. And they have a close look underneath the van for where the wires and the plumbing enter through the floor. So they should be well sealed with silicon to prevent dust entering through the gaps between the pipes. That's one I would really suggest you do. So again, while you're under the van, have a little look. Have some uh, sealant there as well, some silicon sealant. And if there's any little gaps that you see, fill them up. Sealant is generally fairly pliable, so it's good for, um, for flexing on the off-road. So the other thing that's important, point number four for them, is to say pack your van sensibly. So when packing your food and your other items, you have to expect that they will be subjected to constant movement, obviously, when you're driving along a dirt road. So the constant movement causes packages to rub against each other, wearing holes in the packaging and spilling the contents through the van. Now, anybody who's gone four-wheel driving with some beers, if, if you... Just put your, your cans, your beer cans into your fridge and you don't individually wrap them, then you're likely to have a fridge full of cold beer but not in the containers they came in, just sitting down the bottom of your, switch, your fridge and just swishing around. So, very important, if you've got your beer, you've got your cans when you're packing, anything that's going to rub, then you, you wrap it again with something else. So you can try and pack it with cardboard containers uh, those metal containers, put the heavy items, this is important, put the heavy items down low and the lighter items in the overhead cupboards and you pack your fridge from the bottom up. So you fill the shelves as you go and, and that should uh, make sure that you're looking after things. Now, one of the other things to consider getting, and this is a new thing that's out, it's from BM Pro, 
It's called a smart sense. And what it does is, for many caravanners, your your gas bottle is your lifeline. Like, you don't want to have somebody going into the shower, getting halfway through the shower and then running out of gas. So they run out of hot water and then they've got to hose themselves off in cold and it's not going to make for a happy camper necessarily. So what they've done is they've created a new gadget that goes on the bottom of your gas bottle and then you connect that to an app on your smartphone and it tells you how much gas is in your bottle. So you, there's no excuse now. So on each cylinder, the SmartSense returned readings. This is on a test that was done. Uh, readings that they expected would be empty. But no, they, they had gas in there. So even though they thought the bottle was empty, no, there was gas in there. So you've got to use it. it it's a bit thing. It costs around about... Uh, Oh, roughly $89.95, something like that. It's pretty good. and But it goes onto your smartphone. There's an app that connects it through. So your gas, whether it be at home, your gas bottle for your barbecue, your gas bottle for your caravan, for your camper, for your motorhome, or indeed the gas bottles if you've got portable bottles at home for your gas uh, at home, you know, your fireplace and whatnot. However, you do have to put it on the bottom, so just be careful with those big bottles. Be careful with the big bottles. That might be something. But it saves you having to use the hot water method. I still use the hot water method until I get one of these, so I think Santa Claus might be getting me one of those. I think that's a great idea. Now, speaking of great ideas, I reckon we might listen to a bit of Daddy Cool. What do you reckon? Daddy Cool? Eagle Rock, I reckon. Daddy Cool, Eagle Rock, you enjoy that. Hey, it's Sunday. I'm Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. We're having a great time, and I love having you with us each Sunday. It's just terrific. It's the highlight of my week, and we've got some great things coming up. Now, speaking of great things coming up, which I mentioned, we're going to have Daddy Cool. Don't forget that you've got Paravans, Paravans at Windsor, and they are fabulous people. So if you want any repairs done, if you want a spare part, if you want to go and get some accessories for Christmas, then you go into Paravans at Windsor. They're in Milam Street, 38 to 40 Milam, M-I-L-E-H-A-M, Milam Street, Windsor. And they are super people to deal with. So Paravans, if you want a new caravan, they've got it. If you want a used caravan, they've got it. If you want a part or an accessory or a repair, you just go to Paravans. They are fabulous people, really, really genuine, wholesome nice folk and they've had people go back to them i've met people who have bought over the years four different caravans from the same dealer from paravans now that says loyalty that says they're good people that says that people trust them and i reckon if you're going to buy a van you've got to buy from someone you can trust you go and talk to paravans i think you'll have a good time hey here comes daddy cool here comes eagle rock you enjoy bump along
Now, Cool Campus had a beaut article in Gow RV. It was all about safe swimming in the East Kimberley. And that's, it's a terrific thing. It's as if you're a worrywart that when it comes to travelling in areas known for scorching temperatures and crop-filled water, then you might resort to sticking to public pools or cooling off under a shower rather than messing with nature. But during, and this is their story, during our month's exploring the East Kimberley region of Western Australia earlier this year. It was quite dry, thanks to a few fairly uneventful wet seasons, but despite the lack of rainfall, they managed to have and find a handful of magical and seemingly untouched areas to take a dip. Now, for a lot of travellers, Cunanurra doesn't get half the credit it should. This is what they're saying. Many use it as a restocking destination, a place to simply fuel up for both vehicles and people before moving on. And they were the same, but... Now they see it as much more. Once they, uh, they realised that there were so many incredible places to swim and explore within a 100k of Kananara, then they decided to base ourselves or base themselves there and explore the area. Even if getting off the beaten track isn't really your style, you can still enjoy some of your favourite places that they reckon you'll ever find to escape the heat. So most required some minimal driving on unsealed roads and, and they provide waterfalls that will leave you in awe of just how beautiful and how tropical the paradise can be found amongst the barren outback landscapes of the region. So they found an area called Secret Pools, arguably their favourite spot in the region. It's located about 30-odd k from the heart of Kununurra in a conservation park and the Secret Pools are also known as Spring Creek, Spring Creek. So with a little four-wheel driving, uh, so that you've got a little bit of extra ground clearance and a few rocky water crossings on the way, uh, then you'll find these tiered waterfalls and you get the feeling like you've stumbled into a different world. Now, if you're fit, if you're fit, you can clamber up the first waterfall to find more waterfalls along with a handful of more pools to play in. Now, Spring Creek, it's off Parry Creek Road. No camping or overnight parkings allowed. Look for a sign for the Gawulam Conservation Area. That starts with the letter N, by the way. It's N-G. So, Gawulam. Uh, and it's a conservation area on the left, about 10k uh, past the turn-off of Buttons Crossing. Now, there's Swim Beach, and Swim Beach is right before the Ord River Bridge on Victoria Highway, Kununurra. It's a public picnic ground that's part of the local dam area. Remains one of the more popular and accessible swimming areas. It's got a rope swing on a tree. It's a few metres out in the water and under your feet in the shallows it feels nice and sandy. So it's an ideal spot to stay cool. Now the locals, this is the good part, the locals assured them that it was safe swimming amongst the freshwater crocodiles in there. So freshwater crocodiles, they're regarded as being okay. Uh, the salties are the ones that you stay away from. So don't go anywhere near the salties. So freshwater crocodiles, they say, are okay. They were warned, however, not to cross the damn wall on the other side, as that's where the salties live. And if you go there, it's likely you won't live. The crocs will just eat you alive, as they say. Lake Argyle... It's around an hour's drive from Kununurra. Uh, that's Lake Argyle, where you'll find Western Australia's largest man-made freshwater lake. Its capacity is over 700 square kilometres, and it really needs to be seen to grasp its size. That's fabulous. That's found fabulous, I reckon. So the lake's home to over 30,000 freshwater crocodiles. 30. 
thousand freshwater crocodiles. But again, the locals swear it's safe to swim there, and there's even a yearly swimming competition. <laughs> so that's good, isn't it? A yearly swimming competition, and you've got 30,000 freshies in there for you. So if they like it, it's got to be good, I reckon. Now, if the thought of freshwater crocodiles makes you nervous, then they recommend going on to one of the many cruise tours available, and your host will share the best swimming spots on the lake, and you'll potentially feel safer with a larger group because, you know, safety in numbers. Isn't that what they say? Now, there's another one called Mac Micking Pool. It's a it's another magnificent waterfall within the El Cuestro Wilderness Park, and the reward is the full hike within El Cuestro Gorge. Now, you can either trek in and stop at the halfway mark, have a swim in the crystal clear water and turn back, or climb past the boulder and continue on. Now, the trail gets a little tougher, a little bit rockier, during the second half, but they reckon the view at the top is just so worth it. And then, of course, you've got Emma Gorge. Now, it's also within the El Cuestro Wilderness Park. It's on the eastern side of the Gibb River Road, so there's a small amount of driving on unsealed roads required to get there. It's one of the more accessible gorges to swim in within the park, with an easier walking trail to its falls following a rocky creek. So a little past halfway is a clear pool that's a great spot to stop for a swim. And at the very top of the gorge, they reckon you'll be mesmerised by the water droplets falling from the 65-metre waterfall above in the corner of a horseshoe-shaped gorge. Now, the water there is cold. Cold, with a capital C, capital O, capital L, capital D but there's a small hidden hot springs that's well worth searching for. Now then there's Zebedee Springs, Z-E-B-E-D-E-E, Zebedee Springs. It's an enchanting little spot, also located in El Cuestro Wilderness Park. It's clear, it's thermal waters, and the tropical surroundings make it the perfect place to spend the morning. And the water temperature is a blissful 28 to 32 degrees all year round. 28, 32, all year round. How gorgeous is that? Now it's not typically somewhere that you'd expect to go during the heat because the thermal pools are enclosed and they're shaded by rainforest so that you don't actually feel as hot as everywhere else. Plus they're open uh, between the cooler hours of 7am to midday each day. 7am to midday each day. So that's good. So what they said is that they've done uh, by no means have they explored every corner of the East Kimberley. They skipped the Gibb River Road, uh, which means all the magnificent gorges and the water holes that are reserved for the Gibb Adventures are not on this list that I've just given you. But it's predominantly a fail-safe guide to places to swim that retain their waters year-round, regardless of the intensity of the wet season. So they reckon they're going to go back and they're going to have a better time next time as well. So that's in Go RV, and if you're going to have a good time, then you're going to have a good time. And I reckon the thing is, Australia is so good. We have such a variety, so many things to go and see, so many things to go and do, and we've got various seasons to go and see the things in. So if you want cold, if you want wet, if you want dry, if you want hot, you've got it. You just choose which way you're going, north, south, or west. Uh, there's not too much east that you can go unless you're starting from the west. <laughs> so there you go. So I reckon... Now, this is a song... We only play Australian songs, as you know. That's that's my choice. I only want Australian songs. But this one, it's called Sing Australia. Sing Australia. It's by John Denver. Now, John Denver's no longer with us. But John Denver sang... He wrote it. 
and he sang this. Now, if you have a listen to the words, they are really great. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. You may not have heard it, but it's called Sing Australia by John Denver. You have a little listen to this. I reckon you're going to enjoy it. We'll be back in a little while. But in that little while, don't forget, in that little while, Santa Claus, as I say, Santa Claus is coming, and you might want to buy a gift for somebody, and you think, hey, they've got everything. They've got... What do you buy them? What can you buy? Look, I'll buy them another bottle of scotch. I'll buy them another bottle of good red. I'll do this. I'll do that. You don't have to do that. Buy a bale for them. Buy a bale or two or three or four or five or six. So you just go to buy a bale, B-U-Y-A-B-A-L-E, buyabale.com.au. You buy some bales for them. It's about $10 a bale. But you're going to make a difference to them because they're going to say thank you sincerely. But you're going to make a difference to somebody who really needs the feed for their stock and take a bit of pressure off another Aussie. So you buy as many as you can. Go to buybale.com.au. You do your bit. And hey, even though we've got the drought, we'll put people in no doubt that us Aussies, we stick together and we do the bit. So there you go. So in the meantime, you have a listen. Buy a bale, B-U-Y-A-B-A-L-E, buybale.com.au. And... Have a listen to John Denver sing Australia. You're going to enjoy this. You are going to enjoy it. Back with you soon. I come to Australia as many people do To see the old koala Hitch a ride on a kangaroo Hear somebody call me mate and call somebody blue. To hear an Aborigine play a didgeridoo. Some of you came as prisoners two centuries ago. Some of you come as kings and queens, your blessing to bestow. Some of you stand all swelled with pride, some with shattered wings. But all of us come with open hearts to hear Australia sing. of the overflow Crocodile Dundee The myth of all creation The teaching of Biome The legends of the dream time For all eternity In this celebration Of a brief 200 years the cost to build a nation in blood and sweat and tears and if we stand divided divided we will fall but if we stand together we shall conquer all 
I bet you like that. I don't know whether you heard it before, but I bet you like that. That was John Denver. Now, that was in the Bicentennial... Uh, 1988. Now you can go onto YouTube and actually watch and see him sing it and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I, I just love the lyrics. So that's called Sing Australia by John Denver. Now, again, in YoRV, they've got this beautiful article on the tip of the air. So it's getting the most of your adventure, out of your adventure on South Australia's amazing air peninsula. So it forms part of the eastern curve of the Great Australian Bight, and it's the southernmost point faces the mayhem of the Southern Ocean. It's near Port Lincoln, and Lincoln National Park occupies all of the Juju Peninsula and clings to the mainland while reaching into the Spencer Gulf. So that's a little bit of geography lesson for you. So to the west of the air, Coffin Bay, and you know the Coffin Bay oysters, they're just fabulous. If you're an oyster freak, I'm not. <laughs> but those that are oyster freaks tell me that the Coffin Bay oyster is, is terrific. So the Coffin Bay Peninsula forms its own national park, and it's also kicking into the ocean with really beautiful beaches, really surf-ravaged beaches to the south, and Bayside covers to the north. Now, you can dive with the cuttlefish from Port Augusta. You head south along the Lincoln Highway to Wyala. So if you're a scuba or a skin diver and you're in the area between, say, May and August, then don't miss having a dive with the Australian giant cuttlefish during the world-renowned Wyala aggregation. That would just be mighty, I reckon. So it's a 270k drive south and it offers a number of seaside villages. Uh, basing yourself in Port Lincoln is probably a clever thing to do. It makes the most sense for exploring the air's southern tip. There's Whaler's Way, which is another drive from Port Lincoln. Uh, you go to Whaler's Way via the village of, of Sleaford. Uh, it's a dramatic coastal scenery. It's got breathtaking lookouts as you'd guess, as you guess it would. So you pick up a permit and a key from the information centre and you count on at least a couple of hours to drive the 14 kilometres. So there you go. So you head west on the Flinders Highway where parts of Coffin Bay will present far more of a four-wheel drive challenge than Lincoln does. So if you're a four-wheel driver, there you go. That's a beauty. Now pick up a tide table at the Beach Coma Deli. Plan to drive to Gunya Beach on a low tide. And the drive along the western end of the park involves traversing Seven Mile Beach up and back. So time these for about three hours either side of low tide, giving you about six hours to explore the northwest end of the park. Now then you've got Yangi Bay. Uh, after this, there's a short exploration to the southeast, and you allow a full day to explore the north end of the park. Now vans can be towed no further than the Yangi Bay campground. Now, if there's beach and sand driving, if that's in your realm of expertise, tents and off-road camper trailers only. Tents, off-road camper trailers only. It's a 14k from the entrance to a T-junction, then turn right. You go for another k, and when the road becomes unsealed. So stop to engage four-wheel drive, lower your tyre pressures for the sandy rutted tracks along, and that's Yangi Bay. Now, 2k is a track to bush camping on Yangi Bay, and 3k is Lake Jesse on the right, with sand dunes rising to the left. And you've got Lake Damascus as well, and that follows on the left at about 11k and 13k. There's a track on the right to Black Springs Campground, and that's, again, another Butte Base Camp. So you've got sheltered beaches. You've got about another k of bushwalk if you want. There's a 6k hike to Black Rocks Lookout. 
and you can take it easy at around the 19k mark because the track's prone to flooding there so you drive straight through the middle not along the edges and that's very important to know straight through the middle not along the edges and the track bends to the left at about 21k and you're entering seven mile beach now you've got to be careful there because through the limestone flat at 27k and watch for the track to the sensation beach that enters at about 29k you turn left, you stay left, and you follow the sign to Sensation Beach. You're going to get a map. I'm just giving you all this information. You're going to get a map. As long as you find out uh, that you're going to go to Sensation Beach, or you're going to go to Seven Mile Beach, or you're going to go uh, to Rocks Lookout or Black Rocks Lookout, then you're fine. You'll just, as long as you've written those down, then you'll find the rest on your map. Now, you can walk along the road to the Lonely Beach and backtrack for about 5K. You, you're going to find so many beaut things there. So... You can, you can uh, at the tip of Air Peninsula, it's all about the scenery, the wind-ravaged uh, wind cliffs. And if you're hooked, then turn north on the Flinders Highway for one stunning lookout after another. There's Venus Bay, which is enchanting, and you've got Baird Bay. Streaky Bay is the northwest point of the air, and then comes Seduna, Seduna, C-E-D-U-N-A, Seduna, which is the end and or, or the beginning, depending upon which way you're coming from. So that's something you've got to be aware of. I think I think going to the Air Peninsula, I'm just putting down on my little to-do list now. I think that's going to be, yeah, it's now on my to-do list. I've just made the note while I'm talking to you. Now, Fitting aftermarket gear, you've got to be very, very careful because if you're fitting aftermarket gear to your RV, there are laws that you could break if you don't know what you're doing. So fitting a toolbox uh, to the draw bar or a rear bar of your caravan, it, it's a pretty simple, pretty straightforward thing to do, but there are some important factors to consider before you fit any aftermarket accessories to your RV. So the fitment of aftermarket or post-manufacturer accessories such as toolboxes or bike racks or even spotlights or additional water tanks or jerry can holders or awnings or whatever, it can impact with regards to your recreational vehicle, such as adding weight to your RV and the weight of that feature, like a toolbox or a bike rack plus any load that carries extra weight, you can change the dynamics of what you're towing. So you're going to create maybe may be, you'll create dimensional issues such as the overall width or the overall length or your rear overhang. Some of the things you do could cause stability problems or load distribution issues. Some may void warranties and maybe invalidate compliance. Some might even affect your insurance. Uh, some might obstruct or obscure your lamp or your reflectors, your tail lamps or your reflectors or your blinkers or whatever. So if you're purchasing a new RV, it's probably best to have a conversation around your needs about any accessories you want fitted when you're placing the order with the dealer. So that way your accessories are considered by the manufacturer during the design process and it's also recommended to consult your selling dealer or your manufacturer prior to fitting any aftermarket accessories. So there's something, hey? I mean, it's very, it's very lovely. We go out and we want to put something else on our vehicle and that's what we want to do. Uh, and we think, well, we can do that. We can do that. But no, not necessarily. So make sure you double check it. Now, Cool Man, Cool Man have got uh, power packs for their fridges. So they're a lithium iron based power pack. It's got a blue LED display. It allows the user to easily identify the remaining battery capacity. So that removes the need to have the fridge plugged into a permanent power source or to carry around a, 
a cumbersome heavy battery. So that's a clever thing. So what, what it means is that you can have your fridge, your portable fridge, or your car fridge, you can take that out from your car and, and you don't have to have it plugged back into the car or you don't have to have it plugged into a 240 if you take it inside a house because they have a portable power pack that clicks onto the fridge. Very, very clever. Uh, Briggs & Stratton, they've just released their most powerful inverter generator yet. It even comes with Bluetooth. So it's the Q6500 Quiet Power Series Inverter Generator. It's got a steel frame. It's said to be 60% quieter than standard generators. Shh, 60% quieter. That's good. It dramatically reduces the disturbance to nearby campers. I reckon if you reduced it by 60%, that's pretty good. So the Q6500 features a highly efficient integrated engine alternator to provide up to 14 hours of runtime. Now that's up to, that's up to, depending upon what your power needs are. You know, if you're running something that needs a lot of power, then it's obviously going to go at higher revs and use more fuel. So it's up to 14 hours of runtime and 6,500 starting watts of backup power. There's 5,000 watts of running power. And the generator's Bluetooth function involves an app that monitors total power being used, the runtime, the hours until empty, the total unit hours, and maintenance reminders. So it's heavy. It's got a weight of 58k, so that's heavy, so that'd have to be considered as part of your vehicle's or your van's payload capacity, but it's a beauty. It's roughly, but it's a Briggs & Stratton. Uh, the recommended retail price on that is just under $3,000 at $2,999, but yeah, that's a good thing to have. That's a good thing to have. So speaking of good things to have, we'd better have a Christmas carol. What do you reckon? I reckon we should. Now, you may have heard this. You may not have heard this. It is just fun. If you want to get into the Christmas spirit, if you want to have fun, this is an Australian Christmas carol. It's called Aussie Jingle Bells. Aussie Jingle Bells. It's by Bucko and Champs. Bucko and Champs. It's Aussie Jingle Bells. I'm telling you, it's fun. It's fabulous. You'll be singing it. You'll be wanting to hear it again and again and again. So it's Bucko and Champs. Aussie Jingle Bells. You'll find it on YouTube if you want to have another listen to it and watch it. It's really, really good. If you've got some friends overseas, you send it off to them because they'll laugh. They'll have a good time. They don't understand about having uh, summer for Christmas. They only understand about being cold and freezing and, oh, golly gee. I know I, was, I had a Christmas over in Canada at one stage and, and uh, just driving on snow and ice, black ice, by golly. We are so lucky here to have Christmas where we can go and visit all the Rellos and you're not worried about black ice and, and, and chains. And Oh, golly, we are lucky, 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 ducky. So Aussie Jingle Bells, Bucko and Champs, you have a laugh along with this, sing along with this. It's going to be great. We'll be back with you in just a little while. Hey, this is Sunday. I'm Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. We're having a great time with you. I hope you're enjoying what we're doing with you. And I hope you're enjoying the music. We're getting a lot of comments based on the music that we play for you. I go to a fair bit to try and find Aussie stuff that maybe you haven't heard in a while. And I think that's terrific. So you can sing along, maybe discover something new again for you. So you enjoy it. Bucko and Champs, Aussie Jingle Bells. Back in a little while. Good on you. Dashing through the bush in a rusty holding ute. Kicking up the dust, esky in the boot. Kelpie by my side, singing Christmas songs. It's summertime and I am in my singlet shorts and thongs. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. 
Christmas in Australia on a scorching summer's day. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Christmas time is mute. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a rusty hole in you. Engine's getting hot, dodge the kangaroos. Swaggy climbs aboard, he is welcome too. All the family is there. Sitting by the pool Christmas day The Aussie way By the barbecue Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells Jingle all the way Christmas in Australia On a scorching summer's day Jingle bells, jingle bells Christmas time is mute Oh, what fun it is to ride In a rusty Holden youth afternoon. Grandpa has a doze. The kids and Uncle Bruce are swimming in their clothes. The time comes round to go. We take a family snap. Then pack the car and all shoot through before the washing up. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Christmas in Australia on a scorching summer's day. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Christmas time is beautiful. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a rusty Holden Ute. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a rusty Holden Ute. <laughs> Did you love it? Aussie Jingle Bells, did you love it? I reckon you would have. It's just so good. I mean, you already know the music, but you've got the brand new words brand new by virtue of if you haven't heard it before, but I just think that's sensational. Now, speaking of sensational, I just got back from helping the Danny Foundation, Danny, D-A-N-I-I, Danny Foundation, their website's Danny, D-A-N-I-I, dot org, dot A-U. Now, their whole mission is to support people living with type 1 diabetes, and if you don't know what type 1 is, in one simple word, it's a mongrel. It is just horrible, but I've been fortunate to be able to help the Danny Foundation for some years now and they just had their uh, another what they term jelly bean cruise and they are just the most generous people uh, we had on board we had an endocrinologist we had a diabetes educator we had dietitians we had a psychologist we had so many volunteers that were there to help over 200 people all who were involved one way or another with a family member who has got type 1 diabetes. And type 1 diabetes is just, as I said, it's a mongrel. So what you've got is people who, um, it's not their fault. Type 1 diabetes is not their fault. It's not their thing. They didn't do it. They didn't do anything to get type 1 diabetes. It just happens. And when type 1 happens, and there's two sorts of diabetes, there's type 1, there's type 2, but type 1 is just something that just happens. It might be something that somebody's born with or they get it at when they're very young, maybe two years old, maybe three years old, no reason. Uh, might be somebody who's, you know, maybe 10 or more or 14 or up to 20 and then from there into their 30s and maybe into their 40s and they get it. And once you've got it, you can't unget it. So, again, if you're looking for a Christmas gift to buy somebody, then get them. For $20, for $20, you can join Danny's Army. So that's D-A-N. 
D-A-N-N-I-I, Danny's Army, for $20. And all you've got to do is go onto the website. That's Danny, D-A-N-N-I-I, dot org, dot A-U. And the way the whole thing started was a lady by the name of Donna Meads Barlow and her husband, Brian, their daughter, Danny, uh, was with the family. She was about 16 and then went to bed. And when the blood sugar levels go down... Uh, you then go into basically a coma and it's called dead in bed. If you don't wake up, you're dead in bed and that's what happened. And they found out that there was uh, equipment overseas, things that could help set off an alarm when somebody's blood sugars go too low. They then found out and they said, this isn't going to happen to anybody else's child. And from there they started the Danny Foundation. Fabulous, fabulous people. So D-A-N-I-I dot org dot au you go on there for twenty dollars you can join danny's army and you're going to help and if you want to you learn more about them and if you know somebody with type one by golly contact them and find out how you can get on to the next danny jelly bean cruise now in the meantime because we love Aussie jingle bells we've got to find out some more things so some of the best tracks that you can find club four by four did some research and they've come up with some of the best 4x4 tracks near Sydney. So one of them, of course, has got to be Wattigan's National Park. Now, again, with all of these, do your own research to make sure that uh, you can get in there because with the recent fires, it may be something that you can't do. So they've tried to pick out some of the best. This one's really good. It's really, really good. It's Wattigan's National Park. It's located on the central coast of New South Wales. It's an easy, oh, look, you can do it in about an hour and a half or thereabouts, and it's really good. Now, being in close, I've done it, I've done it, and I've, I loved it. I did it with my brother-in-law, Jimmy. It's just fabulous. Now, you're in close proximity to the townships of Morisset or Toronto, so you can easily duck into town. So if you're camping and you've forgotten something, you could just duck into town and get it. But it also means that a visit midweek, you can go there to avoid the, the weekend crowds because we're telling you about it, so it's going to get busier. So especially warmer weather. Now, it sounds like a cliche, but the Wadikins National Park offers something for everyone. You've got campgrounds, you've got the Pines, the Bangalore, you've got Gap Creek. It's accessible in the dry to both 4x4, four four, you know, proper ones, and soft rotors with some sort of all-wheel drive system. But in the wet, you need a proper grown-up four-wheel drive. Now, with your base camp set, so you know the campgrounds are in the state forest, they're larger than their National Park siblings, you can head off to any one of hundreds of tracks, some short, some longer, uh, throughout the area to test out your skills from rock crawling to mud holes and there's everything in between and there's even Daniel's Point which is now closed but nevertheless it's there and the main roads in the Wadikins can be driven by soft road SUVs to take on the harder tracks you do need to grow up 4x4 and the skills, you've got to have the skills to use it properly and safely now if you need those skills of course you join a four-wheel drive club and they will teach you. I'm a member of the Toyota Land Cruiser Club. There's hundreds of clubs all over, well, there's many, 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 all over New South Wales. So you choose a club that you're happy with, go along to a couple of their meetings and, and see if they're doing the things that you want. And then they've probably got, and I would suggest they do have, training days. And they will show you what your four-wheel drive can do. So common sense applies with driving on the tracks in the Wadigans, of course, especially on the tracks in the National Park. You drive to the conditions, you stick to the form tracks, you do your research before picking a track, and if it's wet and you can't make it through, then use another track. Just choose another one rather than risk damaging the track or indeed your vehicle. Now, there's plenty of walks 
and lookouts if you go to Monkey Face you'll enjoy that there's Boarding House Dam that offers a picnic ground and plenty of relief on a hot day so how you get there well the easiest entrance into the National Park is along Mount Fork Road now Fork is F-A-U-L-K F-A-U-L-K Mount Fork Road it's off Freeman's Drive in Kurenbong. Kurenbong, C-O-O-R-A-N-B-O-N-G, Kurenbong. So what do you need? Well, it depends on what you'll be doing there, from setting up your camper trailer or your caravan in one of the campsites to hitting the tracks in your, in your four-wheel drive. Now, the mandatory is you need to bring in uh, your own firewood and check, check that you're allowed to have a fire. So don't go bringing in firewood if you can't have fire. So bring in your firewood, bring in your bug spray, uh, bring in uh, good quality, whatever you bring in, because you need some salt, because sometimes there's leeches in the water, and you've got to sprinkle some salt on to get rid of the leeches. Then if you're going to tackle the tracks, then you're going to need a complete recovery kit. If you're going to have a complete recovery kit, then you may need traction boards. You'll probably need an air compressor, a deflator. You need decent tyres, and I would suggest you need a bog out. B-O-G-O-U-T dot com dot A-U. Bogout dot com dot A-U. You'll love your Bogout. They are fabulous. Just go to Bogout. If you Google Bogout, B-O-G-O-U-T, Australian product made in Australia and now going to the world because Amazon have chosen them. Amazon have said, hey, you're a great product. When I say great, they've won so many awards. What it is, it's like a winch in a bag. Now, if you're looking for a Christmas present, you just Google Bogout, B-O-G-O-U-T, you Google Bogout, and they will send it to you. And I reckon if you contact them straight away, you'll get it before Santa Claus comes to town. You've got a real good chance of that. So you'll be you'll be right. Now, another one to go to is Nunes, N-E-W-N-E-S, Nunes. It's one of the most popular four-wheel driving destinations in New South Wales, and that's because it's a really good base camp for some amazing tracks. Now, it's located in the Walgan Valley, W-O-L-G-A-N, the Walgan Valley, within the Wallamai National Park. It's around about three hours from Parramatta, around about three hours from Parramatta. They're calling that the centre of Sydney now, so around about. Now, the track into Nunes these days is mostly tarred with some gravel roads towards the end, making it accessible for soft roaders. But the campground, split by the Walgan River, You'll need a four-wheel drive to cross at the ford and camp on the other side. From the campsite, you can walk to the Glowworm Tunnel, and that's a great one for the kids. If you haven't seen glowworms, you've read about them, you've heard about them, you've probably seen them on TV, but until you've actually seen them live, oh, it's like moving stars. Just, just beautiful. There's also an old shale oil mine there, the ruins of that. So the runes of Nunes, it's the Nunes Industrial Runes. You've got to see that. And again, take the kids. Be careful, but take the kids. Now, the Nunes Campground, it's a perfect jump-off spot for some great tracks. Now, I love driving up there. Now, it's a half an hour back up the road, and, and you'll love it. It's full, it used to be called Blackfellas Hand Trail. It's probably on all of your maps as Blackfellas Hand Trail. It's now called Mayingu Maragu, Mayingu, Maragu Trail, but Blackfellas Hand is probably on your maps, and I think you'll still find it by that. Now, it shows off some spectacular artwork. It leads up into some of the great tracks, such as the Power Lines, the Lost City, and the main Glowworm Tunnel Road. Now, there's numerous other fire trails and other side tracks to explore. Beaut thing. Now, my suggestion is don't go alone. Always have at least two vehicles with you on there because it is really, really good and there are some fabulous tracks. So how do you get there? Well, the Nunes Campground 
It's located about an hour north of, uh, from, Lith from Lithgow. It's on the Walgan Road. You just turn right into Walgan Road at the United Fuel Stop on the Castle Ray Highway. In the beginning of the Mayingu, that Mayingu is M-A-I-Y-I-N-G-U, Mayingu, Marigu, M-A-R-R-A-G-U, the Mayingu Marigu Trail, formerly Blackfellas Hand Trail, Blackfellas Hand Trail, and it's also along the Walden Road, but only 20 minutes from Lithgow. So what do you need? Well, from the campground, again, check the fire rating, but you'll need your firewood, because you'll, you'll, if and in winter, uh, you'll need a lot of it, because <laughs> it gets cold. It does get cold there, I'm telling you. Now, for the tracks, as long as you've got a four-wheel drive in good working order and the skills to use it, and again, a complete recovery kit, so that's your compressor, your deflator, uh, you should have a mate with you, somebody else that's got it's got a proper four-wheel drive with them as well because some of the tracks, they're really, really good. And again, take your bog out with you as well. Now, the bog out is great. Whether you, you might be stuck in mud, you might be stuck in sand, you might be stuck, you might be stuck. Take your bog out with you. You'll love it. It's just a winch in a bay. Bog out, B-O-G-O-U-T, you'll love it. So, and, and Santa Claus, I reckon Santa Claus is going to be delivering a lot of those this year because they are that Good. I bought mine about five years ago, and I love it. So a little bit further away from Sydney than some of the other areas is the Barrington Tops. Now, that's known for its stunning scenery, challenging four-wheel drive tracks. It's about four hours again from Sydney, and the Barrington Tops National Park is home to a handful of campgrounds. You've got four-wheel drive tracks. You've got walking tracks. You've got a number of campgrounds uh, pay to stay. For example, the Gloucester River Campground charges $12 an adult per night and $6 per child per night. That's pretty good. So some four-wheel drivers we know, they call Barrington Tops the high country of New South Wales, the high country of New South Wales with stunning views and hills rising to 1,500 metres above sea level so you can understand the comparison, but there's more or less where the comparison ends. So if you visit from the 1st of June to the 1st of October, some of the tracks will be closed. So between 1 June, 1 October, some of the tracks will be closed. But if you're after some serious off-roading, then ditch the forest roads in favour of the side tracks. And they worm their way through the park, such as Tugalow Trail, T-U-G-A-L-O-W, T-U-G-A-L-O-W, Tugalow Trail. It's full of water crossings and bog holes and muddy ruts. It's perfect. If you're a four-wheel driver wanting to have a testing time on the track. So how do you get there? Well, the main entrance into the National Park is via Gloucester Tops Road. It's in the suburb of Invergordon, I-N-V for Victor E-R, Gordon. Invergordon, one word. And the nearest large town is Gloucester, and that's approximately an hour away from there. So again, if you stay on the main forest roads, then an all-wheel drive will be fine. That'll handle most of what's there, unless the weather turns nasty, in which case you need a proper four-wheel drive. Venturing off the main roads and on the side tracks, again, you need a proper four-wheel drive. By proper four-wheel drive, we're talking about something with low range. And you need a complete recovery kit, your tire deflators, and again, your bog out. So there you go. Now, there's lots more, and I'll cover those for you. And I'll, let's do one more now. Yarwal, Y-A-L-W-A-L. If you haven't been there, oh, you're going to love this. But it's terrific. So not all good tracks are in the north of the Big Smoke, with Yarwal being home to some of the most challenging tracks in New South Wales. And that's true. You've got Monkey Gum. It's located about three hours south of Sydney. So Yarwal, it used to be a gold mining town, but it's now just, it's like a mecca. It's like a mecca for four-wheel drive owners. So Y-A-L-W-A-L, -L, you go south. So it's one of the main campgrounds that are used as the Yarwal campground. Now, it's a free camp. But it's being based in a national park means you need to bring in, again, check with the fire department. 
that you need to bring in your own firewood. There's basic facilities such as toilets and barbecues, but park rangers known to patrol the area. But with the fire season, please check if you if you can light a fire. I would doubt it at the moment that you're allowed to do that. I would doubt it sincerely. But you might want to just put this on your to-do list for as you get closer to winter. So one of the best melon tracks, one of the best is monkey gum, which it's not for the faint-hearted, let me tell you, not for the faint-hearted. Your vehicle will need a substantial lift, it needs good tyres, and you need some good four-wheel driving knowledge. Now, how do you get there? Well, the Yalwell Campground's located off Yalwell Road, Y-A-L-W-A-L, Yalwell Road, Yalwell. It's on the banks of the Danjera Dam. Now, there's several entrances you can choose from to get onto Monkey Gun, but the most common one is the right turn off Braidwood Road at Tianjara, T-I-A-N-J-A-R-A, Tianjara. So what do you need? Well, to tackle Monkey Gun, you do need decent clearance, you do need good tyres, you need a complete recovery kit, you need to have your bog out, and some traction boards maybe, along with a mate to help you out, and don't be surprised if you come away from there with some battle scars on your car. You might need... You might collect some battle scars, some scratches, maybe some little dings. You don't know. But that's what you're going to get. And you're going to have fun. Now, there's other places that we're going to go to. We might do them next time. But in the meantime, I think what we're going to do is have a, a little bit of music for you. So I reckon, what do we do? Oh, I reckon we might go to... Oh, look, we haven't heard this one. If you're going to go four-wheel driving, then... and. Yeah. <laughs> you might do a little bit of slipping. I mean, there's going to be some slipping and sliding with the four-wheel drive because you might have some mud, you might have some sand, you might have some dirt, there might be some moisture. Let's hope there's moisture. So let's have Slipping Away with Max Merritt and the Meteors. Slipping Away, Max Merritt and the Meteors. I know that he was a Kiwi, but by golly, we adopted him. We adopt so many Kiwis, don't we? Even, even Keith Urban is a Kiwi, but He's now one of ours. So there you go. Slip it away. Max Merritt and the Meteors. You're going to enjoy this. Have fun. Watching you, baby, I've been watching you. 
just can't help but feeling Someone else is stealing you away from me I see it written in your eyes And you confirm it with your lies Though the way you weep can hold me I would rather that you told me where you want to be Oh, you're slipping away from me Oh, you're slipping away from me And it's breaking me in two Watching you slipping away And it's breaking me in two Watching you slipping away And it's breaking me in two Watching you slipping away Thanks so much for listening in to On The Road. Hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have, then listen in again next Sunday between 1 and 2 and tell your friends to listen in. And the sponsors, you look after our sponsors because those sponsors are the ones that bring you the show. I'm Scott Gibbons. I'll see you next week between 1 and 2. 89.9 Hawkesbury Gold, the best in the West, between 1 and 2 every Sunday. We'll see you next week on the road. (laughs) 